In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswald. Get ready to learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry. Craig is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success, and he'll share tips and strategies on how you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. This high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. Plus, you'll learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. It's time to be a rock star with Rock Talk. And now, here's your host, Craig Deswalt. Good morning, everybody. My name is Craig Doeswalt. I am the host of Rock Talk. It is January 22nd, 2013. And I must say, I miss you all very much. Uh, I, I, uh, just haven't been here in a while and I apologize. Uh, life starts happening and I teach this at my seminars and my boot camps all the time that life does happen, but you have to be responsible and you got to do things and you got to keep uh, with your audience and da, 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 And I just haven't done that. So I don't think I've done a show since uh, beginning of December. So it's been a month. So I almost forget how to do this, but uh, I think I'll wing it. I actually just did a radio show a second ago, uh, the Wise Up radio show with Donna Kim Brand, who this was her first show on the Rockstar Radio Network. So congratulations to Donna. So I literally just did a show, so it warmed me up, so I'm ready to go. I'm on fire. And we have a very special guest today on my show. It's Linda Fleischman. She is a mortgage broker, and we're going to be talking to her at the end of the uh, uh, this first segment, and then we'll talk to her for the next three segments. She's one of my rock star clients, and she's written a book called How to Have a Stress-Free Mortgage, which we all want these days because the market is just crazy. So we'll talk to her her all about being a rock star mortgage broker and how to how to get a loan and uh, the pitfalls of getting a loan now and short sales and foreclosures and all that fun stuff. So we're going to talk to Linda in a little while. But just to recap what I've been doing and what is coming up in the very near future uh, at the Rockstar System for Success headquarters here in Los Angeles, California. I uh, just got back from uh, last week, I spoke at Blog World, which is now called NMX, New Media Expo, in Las Vegas. And I think there were 2,000 people there. It was an amazing event. It's not your typical seminar where you have one person speak. There's like 10 or 15 breakout rooms, and there's a main room. So I, I spoke at a, uh, in a breakout room for about 120 people, uh, and, and it was really great. It was a good audience, good feedback. Uh, horrible mic system. They made me hold a microphone and I've never held a microphone in my life. So if you're listening, blog world, NMX people, get your AV stuff together. It was awful. Actually, the sound was really good, but just really, uh, they make you stand behind a podium, uh, with a microphone. Otherwise, you gotta hold the microphone if you wanna walk around. And I have never stood behind a podium in my life and I never will again. They're just just bad podium 
people. You don't want to be a speaker that speaks behind a podium, for heaven's sakes. It's just awful. Anyway, uh, but the event was really great, and I had 120 people, and I taught basically how to get your podcast, how to think outside the box when you're coming up with content for your podcast, and uh, how to market your podcast thinking outside the box. And I met a bunch of people there. There's a whole world out there that are really focused on podcasts and video podcasts, and they have podcast awards. So at my entrepreneur conference in Mark, I'm going to do a lot of, on that because I learned a lot about blogging and podcasting and, and video podcasting. It's a big, big market. I met a lot of people. This was really interesting. I met a ton of people there that said, yeah, I have 200,000 subscribers to my podcast, but I don't make any money, and I, I fell down. I was like, are you flipping kidding me? Because everyone that I know makes money, but they have a hard time getting 200,000 subscribers. So I told all these people to come to my Rockstar Entrepreneur Conference, learn how to actually make money. If you have 200,000 subscribers and you're not making a half million dollars a year, you are doing something very, very, very wrong because you have the audience which is the hardest part to get, and it's so easy to monetize that. So if you're listening, Blog World, NMX people, and you're not making a half million dollars a year, come to this conference in March. Learn how to actually monetize what you already do because I think it's a little ridiculous that you're not making a lot of money. I had this one lady tell me, she said, I have like 400,000 subscribers, but I, I, don't, I don't make any money. Can you help me? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Just like she, and she was nominated. Get this. So I don't know how many subscribers I have, but it's over – I have a few thousand on – well, probably like 15,000, but it's not 200,000. Uh, and uh, she goes – she has, this is the lady. She has 400,000 subscribers, and she was nominated for the best podcast of the year. Best podcast of the year uh, for these podcast awards that uh, New Media Expo gives out. One of the – I think they nominate eight or ten podcasts in the world – and she was one of the top 10 in the business section, and she makes no money. I have 15,000 subscribers to my podcast, and I make a lot of money. I don't know what is wrong with this situation. I, why, why these people that go to these things, they're just not teaching them the right stuff. So anyway, so that's what my boot camp is all about, my Rockstar Entrepreneur Conference. Become an entrepreneur. Get a database. So they already have that. Get a database, and how do you monetize your database, and how do you monetize this? And the person we're going to speak to today, uh, Linda Fleischman, has totally monetized it. She told me she is like the busiest she's ever been in probably the worst market in the uh, you know in the real estate market, and she's doing she's had the most closings. But I'll let her tell you all that when she comes on. Uh, so I was there at Blog World NMX, great great event. Um, really great event in Las Vegas. I just did my three day Rockstar Mastermind here in Los Angeles. Uh, at every one of my conferences, uh, people have uh, an option to sign up for my Rockstar Mastermind program. It's a mentoring mastermind program. It's a one-year program, very affordable because my goal is to just help people and give back. And so uh, 60 of them flew out from all over and flew to Los Angeles. And we had a three-day mastermind here in Santa Clarita, California. And uh, 60, unbelievable. It was by far the mas best mastermind I've ever had. It was amazing. The energy in the room was amazing. And the breakout 
the breakout sessions were simply amazing. What, what we do is we all 60 get together in a room and then we break out into a, like um, six, seven or eight breakouts where we uh, fine tune what we want to talk about. Like we do social networking, leadership, uh, SEO, search engine optimization stuff, how to put on an event, how to write a book. Um, marketing, basic marketing for your business, um, uh, how to appear on camera, all, all these things. There's more. There's m- many more. Um, and we do breakouts on that. So you get like six sessions on uh, specific things that you want to cover at the Mastermind. And then you get six other sessions with the whole group. And it's just the energy is amazing. And all 60 people network with each other and they bond and uh, deals are being made. And people are, you know, what's great about my Mastermind, there's 120 total people in the Mastermind. And most of us have radio shows now. And most of us are uh, have written books. And we each comment on each other's blogs, each other's radio shows to get us uh, on the search engine optimization for like iTunes or blogging or Google and all this. So we each help each other out. And that's also the power of a mastermind. So we did all that at the the last three-day mastermind. Great things were done. uh, Great things were accomplished that weekend, uh, the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And like I said, it was the best one we've ever had. And what's great about the masterminds is I – learn some new things that I didn't even realize that other people bring to the table as well. So if you're thinking of coming to the Rockstar Entrepreneur Conference in March, and I'll talk about that in a second, seriously consider joining the Rockstar Mastermind program. I promise you it'll be the best year you ever had in business. So the next conference uh, for me is the Rockstar Entrepreneur Conference. It's March 14th to the 16th. It's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. In Los Angeles at the Sheraton Gateway LAX. It's a hotel literally right next door to LAX. So if you're not from Los Angeles and if you want to fly into LAX, it's a shuttle, a free shuttle away. And and I'm talking like a one-minute shuttle ride. It's that close to the airport. So it's really inexpensive to get a flight to Los Angeles, and it doesn't cost you anything to get to the hotel. The hotel is only $109 a night. It's usually $179 to $229 a night, but I blocked out a bunch of rooms, and we have about 30 rooms left. We have 380 people so far signed up. We will have over 400, probably over 500 in attendance. And it is a weekend. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Unbelievable content. How to become uh, a rock star entrepreneur. We teach a ton of marketing, a lot of marketing. But also we teach how to be uh, an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur. Time management, discipline, how to do taxes. Not that you're going to do the taxes, but what are some of the things that we need to look out for when doing taxes as an entrepreneur? Do we do an S-corp or a C-corp? All that stuff. Insurance. What kind of insurance do you need as an entrepreneur? Uh, all, all these things uh, on how to time management, discipline, like I said, leadership, how to manage your team, how to get virtual assistance. All these things that are important to manage your business Uh, We're going to talk about accounting as well Uh, and learning how to market your business so you actually make some money and how to do uh, affiliate programs, how to make extra money on the side while you sleep simply by having a presence on the internet. Of course, we're going to cover social networking, all that stuff as well. And the main part of it is how to think outside the box when you're marketing. And I have like 50 outside the box marketing techniques that we use to drive people to websites and to drive people to your database because the biggest thing in the world in marketing is how many people do you have in your database? It's all about the database 
and how to drive people to your one database. That's the, that's the key to everything that we do is how to get traffic to the database. And that's by blogging, by writing books, by doing podcasts, by having your own radio show. All these things funnel into one situation where they all go to your website and they become fans of yours and they, they promote you to their databases and that's, that's basically the funnel. So I teach people to write a book, how to write a book in 30 days. All these things are geared towards getting everyone to go to your website, becoming a fan of yours, and standing out from the competition. So when we get back from the break, we're going to talk to Linda Fleischman. Uh, and, uh, and I will ask her a couple of questions about her book, her mortgage business, how she is a successful entrepreneur, what are some of the things she's done, and some tips for short sales and foreclosures. This is Craig Doeswalt on the Rockstar Radio Network. Back in- How to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. This is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. And the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. We'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Rock Talk, teaching you how to achieve rock star status in your industry. How you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. Now, let's get back to Rock Talk with your host, Craig Deswalt. It's my... We are back on Rock Talk. I am your host, Craig Deswalt. And let's bring her on right away. Where's the drum roll? Where's the clapping machine? 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my special guest today on Rock Talk, Linda Fleischman. Wow, that was so nice, Craig. <laughs> huh? Not bad, huh? I like it. <laughs> Not bad. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm doing good. Linda lives in my hometown, so I see Linda all the time. Linda and Mark. Uh, all right, so we're going to get right into it because we have lots of questions to ask you and lots to talk about. Uh, let's. Uh, why don't you tell everyone who you are, why you are, what you are, what you do, and uh, you know what what year you were born and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get the rest of it out. Okay. Um, no, I'm I'm a mortgage broker, and I've been doing this now for this is my 14th year. I'm doing it on my own, and I used to own a company with lots of loan officers and personnel and all that kind of stuff, and stopped that a couple years ago, um, right before I wrote a book, which a guy named Craig Doeswalt convinced me I needed to do, and I believed him, and that was a good thing. Yeah, baby, so that started me off, and uh, and now my company is is stress free mortgage which is not an oxymoron, can actually be possible. <laughs> it's a little more challenging, and, and as I tell people when they go, are you kidding? That's the name of your company. That's just not possible. It's, well, it, it doesn't – I have stress. Don't get me wrong. I do. <laughs> I just try to keep it away from, from the borrowers. <laughs> that's my there goal. There you go. That's, that's what it's all about. That's you know? what it's all about. As much as I can. It's, it is a real challenging time in the mortgage industry. I mean – as you said before, it is the busiest I've ever been. I've had the best year I've ever had in like my 14 years. Um, so it's phenomenal. But it's also the hardest time I've ever right. had doing lunch. So but like you said, but what you're doing is, and, and this is the nice part of Linda, is but you're taking it away from the the buyer or the seller that is actually going through stress, just moving and, and going through that part. So you're taking, you're taking on all their stress for them. Correct. But isn't that, isn't that what a good mortgage broker, mortgage broker does? Well, that's what you hope. I mean, there, there's times that I've had clients where things are going very wrong for them, but they have right. no clue. And so right. what I do is I fix it before they ever know. And then I get to let them know you're fine. And they don't even know, like, it, they just averted a major catastrophe, like losing their house. Right. So that's happened right. many times. <laughs> that happens a lot now. It so does let's talk a about lot. The, let's talk about the reinvention, because you're an entrepreneur. You own your own business. You always have. But before, you did it a little differently. Let's talk about how you decided to go from this shop where you had a bunch of mortgage brokers to the transition to where now you are by yourself and actually doing more. Can you talk a little bit about that transition, why you did it, and, and how it went? Yeah. I mean, you know, I had, I had started this company. I opened it with a partner um, and we continued to grow. I was doing the majority, I was doing the loans. Um, she was handling operations and we grew the company. We added more loan officers. We ordered more, you know, added more personnel and it, and it did well. It had a good name in the community. We did good business. Everything was fine. Uh, that partner changed out. I had a new partner and, you know, after a period of time, when when you're really when you're an owner but you're you're doing like 90% of the business at some point you wonder why am i spending all the money for the company and where i'm not getting it and that's right. that's kind of where it came down to because i was putting in the same amount of hours no matter what i did i was doing the same amount of business but yet my take home <laughs> was kind of pathetic <laughs> so <laughs> very sad very so, sad you know, and it's funny because, I mean, I remember meeting with you and my husband, Mark, and you both looked at me and said, why do you still have this company? Right. Like, because it's my company. 
and and I kind of clung to that for a while because it was an it was it was really an emotional decision versus a a business decision. Right. And you know you get sucked into that. I think a lot of a lot of people I've talked to that have done the same thing have said the same thing. It's it's more emotional than logical. That's right. So, yep. Yeah, well, on the outside, if someone hears it, it's like, duh, it's such an easy decision. Exactly. Why aren't you doing this? I, I go through this all the time, and I'm going through it right now with, you know, uh, about maybe moving, you know, right. this whole thing. Like, it, it, when I put it on paper and, and everything, it makes total sense, but there's so much emotion tied to everything else oh, that yeah. it's just hard to do. But the outsider looking in goes, duh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Why are you doing this? So, without going into the real details, um, I had one of those, you know, you know, uh, what is it, the straw that broke the camel's back situation with my partner, right. and I went, you know yep. what, I'm done. I, I had just reached that point. You pushed me a little bit. You can push me pretty far. Pushed me a little <laughs> too far, and I said, you know what, I'm done. I'm closing this out, and I'm just going to be on my own, which is kind of what I felt like anyway. And since then, I mean, my business has just tripled. I mean, it's it's been incredible. It's been a it's been an amazing, amazing experience. Now, uh, her business has tripled, and she's doing really good. And uh, now, we, I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying we have no idea because it's not really <clears throat> that trackable. This thing, but she wrote a book called Stress Free Mortgage, and she uh, put it out here in where where we live in our local community, and everyone knew that Linda wrote a book. Now, it could be a total coincidence that she wrote this book and had nothing to do with tripling the income. It could be, absolutely. I'm not saying that the book was the reason that this happened. It could have been just timing or something else. But I do truly believe that it did put her on the map for some people. And if they had a decision to make between one mortgage broker that wrote a book and one did, and the name of the book was called Stress Free Mortgage, I got to believe that somehow... The book just had something to do with something, and I, I well, like we said, we can't track it. But uh, what do you think? Do you think the book had anything to do with you getting a little more business or some? Or what, what do you think? I think so. I mean, you know, the book also became my brand. Yeah. So I think that's also got something to do with it. I mean, I would never have come up with this whole title and my whole company if I hadn't have if I hadn't have started this book. Right. So I think the branding along with the book, yeah, I think it makes a huge difference. I mean, when I send out emails, every email has a copy of my book on there. So right. you know, people see it. So, yeah, if I'm sending out to a client, they're going to feel ten times better going, oh, my God, she's an author. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You're right. You can't track it, but do I think it had a lot to do with it? Yeah, I think the whole thing and the branding had a lot to do with the success that I have. Along with and, me just being really good at what I do. <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, obviously, along with that, you have yeah. to be good at what you do. But also, what it also does, which is untrackable, but it – now, Linda's been really confident. Don't get me wrong. She's always been a confident person, even in her other business. She's always been a top loan um, loan office or loan mortgage broker. Yeah. But, but when you write a book, it doesn't matter what business you're in and it doesn't matter what you do. You all of a sudden walk around with a little bit more confidence in everything you do because everything's written down now. You are able to or- organize your thoughts and you just go into meetings, I feel, with a little more confidence because you've written 
written a book. So now maybe because she wrote the book, when she has a meeting trying to get a new client, she has this air about her that just exudes confidence. And we want the most confident person to be on our team when we're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars in a loan. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. I would agree. Your confidence part. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's get to some specific questions because I, I just have a couple of questions on here. Uh, I, 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 I think you said this already, but just remind me, how long have you been, 14 years in the mortgage business? 14 years doing this specifically. I mean, I've been in the financial industry. I was 13 years before that with uh, with a bank. I was a bank manager right. where right. I wasn't doing actual loans, but I was I – was, I was involved in the loan process for some of the clients in the bank. So, you know, financially, it's been, what, 27 years then. Oh, my Lord. And you're only 28, so wow, you started (laughs) young. I know. I started really young. (laughs) Very young. All right. So uh, every time I go to the bank, uh, which is a lot, which which is a a very blessed (laughs) thing that I get to go to the bank a lot uh, to actually give them money to put into my account. Uh, You know, you always see – I've always wondered this, and I've always wanted to ask you this. So – Every time I go into the bank, they always have that loan section or or, right. or like uh, get a loan through us. Like I have Chase or Citibank. Mm-hmm. Uh, go go through us for the loan. What is the difference between like you? Why would someone do business? Why would someone get a, uh, a loan through you, Linda Fleischman, solo person, mm-hmm. or going to a big, gigantic bank that probably gets tons of uh, clients or something? What's well, the there's a lot of reasons, quite honestly. You know, when you when you go into a bank, first of all, you don't know that the, the loan officers you're dealing with, you have no idea what kind of experience they have, how long they've been doing it. Right. And they don't actually, they have to actually get a, what we call an NMLS license. So they have to be licensed, which means they get fingerprinted. Right. But when you work at a bank, that's all you need to be fingerprinted. So you don't have to have any, pass any tests. You don't oh. have to do anything else. I have to pass both state and federal tests every year in order to do what I do. So I actually have to have knowledge <laughs> in order <laughs> you have to, to do you what have I to do. You have a pulse of what's yeah, going on in the market. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, look, there's some great people that work in banks that, that do loans, that know what they're talking about. But a lot of those people have left. You know, the banking industry has been really tough. So they're out of there. So you don't know, first of all, what knowledge you're getting. Second of all, when you go in there, let's just say you walk in and – Let's just say hypothetically your income is, is very low, but you think you can afford a mortgage. And you walk in and you say, you know, I want to apply for a mortgage. And they, they're not going to look at your tax return and go, yeah, honey, you can't afford anything. Like, you're, you're getting a shoebox. That's all right. you get. They're going to look at it and they go, well, we, we have to fill out an application and we have to submit it in so that the underwriter can evaluate it. Because they're not allowed to make an underwriting decision. They can't mm-hmm. tell you up front, yeah, you have this credit history, you're going to have a problem. They mm. have to take an application. For me, when you walk into my office, I look at all of that. I look at your credit. I look at your income. I look at your picture and go, this is going to work or this isn't. Because really, who wants to waste their time and go through all the emotional energy and everything else to, to try to get a loan just to have it you know, be declined two months later once they get to it? Right, so it's you take you take away all the unnecessary crap that someone has to go through uh, when there's no chance in the world they're going to get um, a loan. Correct. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. right. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about the crap that you don't have to go through (laughs) if you hook up with Linda. But but it is. It's saving time. Who wants to go through all that and and do all the research of looking at a house when it's never going to happen anyway? So when we come back, we're going to ask Linda more questions. This is Craig Doeswalt on Rock Talk. We will be back in about, oh, let's say two minutes. How to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. This is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. And we'll be right back after these. The IRS can and will track your income. Can you? It's time to bulletproof your taxes. Yes, bulletproof your taxes with host Nellie Williams. Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. As a business owner, you know that tax deductions can lower your tax liability. But deciding which expenses are deductible and how to claim them can be confusing, frustrating, and ultimately costly when you're wrong. Former IRS audit supervisor Nellie Williams will help you learn what is deductible and when to take that deduction to avoid raising IRS red flags. She'll teach you how to survive an IRS audit so you don't have to pay more tax, interest, or penalties. Each week, Nellie will be here to teach us as entrepreneurs and small business owners how to pay our fair share and not a penny more. Check out her website, BulletproofYourTaxes.com. Then join us for Bulletproof Your Taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Rock Talk, teaching you how to achieve rock star status in your industry. How you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. Now, let's get back to Rock Talk with your host, Craig Deswalt. It's my We are back for our third segment on Rock Talk with Craig Doeswalt. We are here with our very special guest, Linda Fleischman, and we're talking about uh, loan, uh, getting loans, mortgage. Uh, she's a mortgage broker, getting loans, how to get loans, or well, that's what we're going to talk about in the, uh, this segment right here. Uh, Linda, are you there? I am here. You're still with there. Bated very good. <laughs> with bated breath. With bated breath. Okay. So I'm going through this right now. I'm actually going through. Uh, I did a prequel with Linda because we are looking at um, houses because that's just what I, I feel like. That's what I do for a living now is just looking at <laughs> new houses. I just that could uh, be kind of fun though. 
You know, it's not fun at all now. It's driving <laughs> me absolutely crazy. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I've heard that getting loans now is pretty much, I, I won't say impossible, but difficult, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 and the banks just aren't lending money. How true is that? What What do they say in the market? Uh, I mean, what do they say out there? Is it true? Anything true? Anything? Anything? Well, it, it's not. It is true that it's it's more difficult to get a mortgage. However, that being said, banks are lending if you're qualified. I mean, that's the bottom line. You have to be able to make income to cover your payments. You have to be able to have decent credit. And you have to be able to, you know, show that you have potentially money that, you you know, you can source that's where it's coming from to put down on a house if you're buying. Yeah, but wait a minute. In 2007 or 6, wasn't that the case too? No. (laughs) You didn't need need money to buy a house in 2006? Well, you did, but they didn't really care as much where it came from. Ah. You know, so, so, you know, if you put cash in your account and kind of just, you know, put it in there and you were good, they didn't really care as much. Huh. But now they want to know where it comes from. You just, we, people did a lot of stated income loans in those Uh years. And I did stated income loans too. Uh, right. And in their place, they actually have a good place in the market. However, that being said, people were doing stated income loans when they didn't need to. So, you know, if 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 you're really making, you know, $10,000 a month, what, why do I need to do a stated income loan? Just show that that's what you're making. The rate was better for the client. It was a better loan. But mm. people got lazy. They didn't know how to do it. So they just did everything stated. Mm. So that was part of the problem. Can you but, do a stated income anymore? No. That's gone. No, not in not in regular financing. Now, can you do it in what we call hard money financing? Yes, hard money is a little bit different. Okay, but otherwise, no. There's no there's no real stated income anymore, and the the government has truly stepped in uh, a little bit more than I think they ever needed to in order <laughs> to to monitor that. It's bad. Yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> but they've got so many regulations and everything, so it's really just to do a stated loan would be almost impossible anyway with okay. all the governmental controls on it. Gotcha. All right, so back to the question. Is, is it true it's hard to get money? Uh, I think no. I interrupted. No, it's not. Oh, you like just I, have to do those things. You just yeah, have to just, make money. Correct. I mean, I have people who come to me who say, I want to buy a house. You know, here I have limited income, but, you know, I have enough cash in the bank where I could actually buy the house for cash. Can I do a loan? And the answer is no. If you don't have enough income to support the money, it doesn't matter that you have the money sitting in the bank because years ago people were getting all these crazy mortgages, right? Yeah, yeah. And they have the assets. They still have the assets when they let the house go because they didn't mm. want to take the money out of their bank account to pay off the house. Right. So having the money is not the end all anymore. Putting down, you know, 5% or putting down, you know, 50%, the rules are the same. You have to be able to qualify based on the income you have coming in. But yeah, loans, I do, the majority, I mean, look at how much I've closed. I've closed a huge amount of loans. So is it out there? Yes. But are there a lot of people that can't get a loan? Correct. Mm. They have a bankruptcy, they have a foreclosure, they have bad credit. I mean, you know. If you can't get a loan, what are they doing? Just renting now? Most of them are renting. You know, most of the people that I work with, at least, if I've spoken to somebody and they have a situation where they can't buy, I'm usually kind of coaching them, like you do, but I coach (laughs) them to say, Here's what you need to do in order to get yourself into a place, whether it's in six months or two years, to put mm. yourself in a place where you can, you'll be able to buy. 
Interesting. Now, if you pay cash for a house, you're allowed to do that now, right? Yeah, you can pay cash all day long. Then there's no mortgage involved. Then, yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about, because you touched on this uh, in your little thing that you said, uh, the three things that you need to do. Uh, Credit. So Mm -hmm. why don't you give us some credit tips, a few credit tips? Well, credit is definitely more challenging these years than it ever used to be. Um, Mm -hmm. In my book, I have a chart (laughs) on what it used to be. And right. what it is today. And, you know, the scores have definitely gotten higher in order to get the best deals. And even then, sometimes it has, it has some uh, charges that you're getting charged for on that credit score. Mm. But a couple things to look out for is that even if you pay all your bills on time, always, uh, if you, let's say you have a credit card and the limit on it is $5,000. And you, you know, you spend your money, you pay it off, you do your thing, and then one month you decide, you know what, you're going to buy this big purchase and, now you owe 4500 on that 5000 You're fine. You're within your limit. Well, now your perfect credit score is going to drop as long as that's on there because now you're at a high limit to the, the – you're at a high proportion to the limit of your credit. So now Even you're if at, you pay it off that first month? What? Even if you pay it off the first month? Yes, because what happens is the credit doesn't necessarily report right after you pay it off. Mm. So let's say you charge it and you're going to get a loan. Right? You said, I'm going to go refinance or I'm going to go buy. And right. you make these charges. And then I pull your credit. It's a snapshot. Who knows what day that they are actually going to look at your credit? Ah. It could be the day before you paid it off. So now it looks like you owe that $4,500 on a $5,000 limit and your score just dropped, you know, 20, 30, 40 points. And can it go up when, uh, when they see the payment, the next snapshot? If we pull your credit again. Got it. Okay. If we pull your credit again. The other thing that's been going on in the in credit world is that a lot of these credit card companies, you know, you, let's say you have this $5,000 limit and you barely use it. You know, you charge a little, you know, pay it off, you're good. All of a sudden, you know, now the lender, uh, the credit card company lowers it. So now they take you from 5000 they go, we're going to lower you to a $1,000 limit. Well, you didn't do anything different. Well, now when you charge that, you know, $900, now you're again at the max. Would it and be beneficial if they do that to just cancel hit. the card? You can, but it depends how many credit cards you have. What oh, happens if it. you only have a couple? What if you have like 20 like I do? <laughs> as long as you, you can have as many as you want, it's all dependent on, it's all going to be based on what your limit is and how right. much you're spending up to that. That's all okay. it's based on. Huh. Very interesting. So you is know, it bad to have... So it's not bad to have a lot – well, is it bad to have a lot of credit cards with like – say you have 10 credit cards, each with $5,000 limits, so that's $50,000, but you don't put much money on it. Do they look at the potential of you borrowing against it? No, they they don't do that anymore. I think they used to when I first started in the business, but they don't do that anymore. But one of the things you do have to be careful about is let's say – and I have a lot of clients like this who have 10, 15 cards, and they spend a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here – and let's just say they're getting close on how much income they make to how much, how much, debt, how much debt they have. So they're close right. on their limits. Well, now every credit card, you may only owe 50 bucks, but the minimum payment may be 25. Mm. So multiply that 25 times 10, whereas if you had one card with the same amount owed on it, your payment would be a lot less. Right. So sometimes it. it may not even be your credit score that's affected. Sometimes it could be your debt-to-income ratio because you just have so many cards with minimum payments. 
I got that. So sometimes that affects you too. Um, what is a good credit score? And what, what, what's a good credit score these days? Like 200? <laughs> Just kidding. What's a good credit score? Double that, you've got one of the worst ones. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Your good credit score, pretty much if you're over 760, 760 and above, you're pretty much good for any program that we offer. You're at the oh, top. That's good. Do you but get? Do you get even at even at seven sixty and above? You still get these little. I think you said something like that before. Like these little extra fees. Yeah. So let's say you're putting down. You're buying a house and it's twenty percent down. Okay. Right. And your credit score is eight hundred. There's still the lender will still charge you in terms of cost, not not interest rate. It's a little bit. It's a whole other world that we talk about here. But when you're talking about the cost of the loan, the cost they they charge you a quarter of a point for that for that 80% and that credit score. Okay. So no matter what, it, they didn't used to. I mean, anything over, you know, 740, you didn't get used to get charged. Now they, they've changed all that, too. They're charging you everywhere. That has it, gone up. Is there, a, is there a credit number that you can get to where you don't get charged anything for sure? No. It's based on your credit score and your, and your equity. Depends oh, okay. on your loan-to-value. The and lower the, the loan-to-value, the better you are. The better you are loan to value. So, oh, 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 and what's a good loan to value number? Um, I mean, the best loan to value number is sixty percent. At sixty percent, there's pretty much almost no charges, even oh, okay. if your score is a little bit lower. But you still, most people aren't going to be at sixty percent. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, uh, all right. And what's the highest number? Just this is just a question that I just want to know. What's the highest credit rating you can possibly have? What's the top? Well, supposedly it goes to 900, but that's, I think, a fallacy. But the highest I've seen in all my years, I think, was like an 830-something. That oh, was the okay. highest I've ever seen. Was that me? I'm kidding. It was not you, my dear. <laughs> it wasn't. My <laughs> so you're striving for great. it. Your credit's I have, good. I have, no, great. <laughs> I have great credit. And if I don't have great credit, something's wrong. I've got to go look at that. Because we pay everything off every month. It's like very... I don't know. You're very but maybe my it. loan to value, whatever that, whatever you just said is right. not good. So. Well, yeah. There, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of like when uh, people come up and they just ask me rates. You can't just quote a rate. If, any, if you walk up to anybody and you just ask them for a rate and they just give you a rate, then yeah. they, they're not doing a good job. Because it's not just rate. It's, it's based on your credit score and the equity. What's a, what's a good rate? Uh, it does rates. Uh, do you just do California, by the way? I do. I do. They, they changed a lot of the licensing a couple years right. ago. Right. And you have to get licensed in every state. Oh, geez. I just don't have the time to do that. Yeah, who has the time for that? So in California now, what's a good rate for a uh, – well, what number is jumbo these days? Jumbo is – well, there's two types of what we call jumbos. There's what we call a conforming jumbo, which is between 417 and 625.5 in certain counties, not every county. So it's 625.5, and then after that, it is, after over 625.5, it's a jumbo. Wow. It used to be seven-something, I think. All right, yeah, when we come back, it. Right, I hate that. When we come back, we're going to ask Linda some more questions. This is Craig Duswell on Rock Talk. We'll be right back. How to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field so more people come to you to buy your services and products. This is Rock Talk with Craig Deswalt. And we'll be right back after these. 
goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Rock Talk, teaching you how to achieve rock star status in your industry. How you, entrepreneurs and businesses, can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from your competition. Now, let's get back to Rock Talk with your host, Craig Deswalt. It's my... We are back with our special guest, Linda Fleischman, star of Stage and Screen. <laughs> <laughs> and an author of the book Stress Free Mortgage. Hey, let's uh, talk just uh, before we get into a couple more questions. A little bit about your book. Where can someone buy, purchase, invest in your book? And by the way, it's how to have a stress free mortgage. Just FYI. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, that's what I want to give. How to have a stress. What, what did I call it? You just said stress free mortgage. That's the company name. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you, baby. How to have a stress free mortgage. <laughs> Um, You can actually find it on Amazon. Uh, You know, Amazon.com is selling it. And I just have a – I've actually republished it, which should be out. I don't actually have the new books in my hot little hand, but they should be out any time now. Good. But you can go to Amazon, and that's probably the best place to get it. Or you can go to my website at stressfreemortgage.com and just make sure you spell mortgage right. (laughs) (laughs) How do people spell mortgage? Oh, my God, you don't even know. They don't put the T in, right? Well, it's M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E. So I see a lot of times M-O-R-T-A-G-E is very oh, okay. very familiar. So, yeah, it's that whole spelling thing. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, all right, so um, uh, 
Linda wrote that book. And actually, you know, I, I teach people how to self-publish books and she self-published it at first. And then she's actually getting it published now. So sometimes people ask me, well, how do you get a book published? Well, you self-publish, your, you self-publish it first, get it out there, show people how good it is. And then sometimes a publisher comes along and says, we'll take it. And that's what's happening to Linda right now. But that's a whole other show that we're not going to get into <laughs> right now. But it is, uh, it's a great um, testament to how good your book was that you're actually getting it published after you self-published it. And that's yeah. a good, good story. Um, all right. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, self – oh, no, let me ask you this one first. Uh, I, I, like I've refined during the days of refinancing when refinancing was really cool and people were able to do it because they actually had equity in their house. Um, do we, do you have to give, like, if I did a refi with you a long time ago, do I have to give you financial information again since the last time I refinanced? Yeah. I mean, most of the time now your, your stuff is outdated. You know, so most of the time I'm going to use two years of tax return. So if I did a loan for you two years ago, I'm going to need, you know, 2011 because I won't have it yet. And now, of oh, course, right. we're in 20, we're 2012 has passed. So I would need 2012 at some point. So, yeah, I mean, there's always updated information. When I refinance my clients, I have, I have everything. I keep everything. So many times it's easy because I can go back in and pull old stuff. But you're still going to need new pay stubs, new W-2s, new tax returns. That stuff's, you know, always going to change from year to year. So, yeah, but you we, don't, we do you get don't that updated. you have to start all over, right? All you, over you, in you what just, sense? Well, you just – well, if you – if, like, I just have to add stuff. Yeah, 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 because I already have your application. And, you know, if I've already done the loan for you, I already have your application. So, yeah, it's just updating the numbers. You oh, know, okay, your kids like, are a year older. You know, you've lived at the address a year longer. You know, that kind of stuff. It's gotcha. pretty simple. All right, so I'm considered self-employed uh, because I have my own business, I guess. Um, so is my wife. Can you still get a loan these days being self-employed? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have people who call me who go, I'm self-employed. They've, I've been told from the banks that I can't get a loan. Oh, <laughs> like, those bad really? banks again. Yeah, banks again. Um, but no, yeah, you can. Here's, here's the issue when you're self-employed. You are basically in charge of what income you're reporting. So let's say, for example, your gross numbers, the gross money you made is 150000 Right. And then you go to your CPA or your accountant and you go, okay, how much, you know, how much do I write off? Well, now you wrote off so much that now your income, you, you, they did really well, and now your income is really 30000 No, <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've seen them. So yeah. <laughs> now how much can you buy with 30000 a year? Not as right. much. Right. So you really want to make sure when you're self-employed, which is kind of why I wrote the book, people need to know ahead of time. If you're planning to buy a house and you're self-employed, you need to go to that CPA or accountant and go, look, planning to buy a house in the next couple of years? Don't be so aggressive. I need to right. show more income. That's a great point because while it looks good for you to get some money back or not pay as right. much at the end of the year, it actually hurts the buying the house process. Correct. Correct. Oh, so wow. when you're self-employed, you really have to do it in advance. You can't be, you know, it's now in the middle of 2012, my tax return is done for 20, you know, for 2011 and and now I want to buy a house in 2011 I wrote everything off. <laughs> you really have to you really have to plan better when you're self-employed than when you're necessarily salaried because your salary is your salary. You're not going to do as much. Although, that being said, people that are salaried that are W-2 employees sometimes have what we call employee business expenses. 
So, you know, specifically, a lot of times firemen, policemen, um, oh, right. you know, people in the entertainment industry, they write off stuff that they don't get, quote, reimbursed for. And you can be pretty darn aggressive on that one, too. So I have some people who are writing off ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 in income, even though they're a W-2 employee. And guess what? That comes right off your top two. And that sometimes can affect the amount that you can buy as well. Mm. So you do have to kind of watch that, too, even if you're, if, even if you're salaried. Very interesting stuff, Linda Fleischman. <laughs> I'm serious. That's like, like, I'm like writing notes here on my own radio show. <laughs> All right. So the big question right now, we have about four minutes left. This is the big question right now. If if someone has just short sold their house, short sold their house, mm-hmm. or foreclosed on a house, how long can it be for them to buy another house? Because everyone's doing it. It's like the end thing to do right now, I guess. Yeah, unfortunately, it really is. It's it's very prevalent out there. If you have a short sale, there's a couple different things. If you have a short sale and you are able to, which not many people are, but if you are able to have have no lates on your mortgage, so you agree to, the bank agrees to short sale and you keep making your payments until that house is sold and you have no late payments, um, as long as everything else is good, I can actually do a loan for you right away. I can do that immediately. However, if you have even one 30-day mortgage late on that credit, then you're looking at a minimum of two, possibly three years, depending on how much money you have to put down. Interesting. That's that's what you're looking at on a short sale. A foreclosure, three years is your minimum, and that's with using an FHA loan only. They'll do it in three years. uh, What's an FHA loan again? FHA loan is uh, it's a government loan, basically, where you can put down as little as 3.5%. Oh, right. And okay, it's a little it. bit more forgiving uh, for credit. So for got credit it. issues, it's a little more forgiving than conventional loans are. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, so, not, so it's not that seven-year thing that we all hear about, huh? Correct. Seven years is on a conventional loan. Conventional loan is oh. on a foreclosure. Got it. And you were saying, oh, that's right. I wanted to ask you before we went to break in that first break. So uh, 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 there's two jumbos. What right. were the jumbos again? Well, if you're, if you're in California, again, there's different, different limits. But let's right. just take Los Angeles because it's the highest. Los Angeles, you can go up to 625.5, and that is a, uh, what we call a jumbo conforming. So that you can go up to and get the regular pricing you hear out on the radio. Um, anything over that becomes a uh, jumbo loan, and that's different financing altogether, different rates, different products. Okay, so a uh, million-dollar loan right now, what kind of interest rate, and, and I'm not going to hold you to this, are, are people looking at? Well, if you're doing most of those loans, most people are not going to be doing 30-year loans. The majority of them are going to be more of an adjustable loan, a yeah. five-year, seven-year, 10-year fixed rate. So right. let's say a 10-year fixed rate, probably a probably about 3.625 on a 10-year fixed. Nice. Sold. I'll take it. Yeah. See, I can do good stuff for you. <laughs> I know. All right. Last question. Since the rates are so low, if I wanted to buy an investment property, what are the requirements? People are, you know, everyone's trying to flip homes now and buy low, sell high. Right. right. What's, the, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the requirements for that? A couple things to remember on that. The down payment on an investment property, it's a minimum of 20%. It's better to put down 25%. You're going to find better. There's a big difference in pricing between 20 to 25% on an investment okay. property. Huge. Yep. Um, and the other thing to remember is that on investment properties, you have to have your own funds. So sometimes people want to get 
I, a lot, for some reason, people want to get gift funds or they want you know somebody else to help contribute, but they're not going to be on the loan with them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. They have to actually have their own money in their own account. So if you're looking to go in with somebody, put that money, get that money from them, put it in your account, let it sit there for at least two months, and then, then it's, it's your money. Oh, you can't do something where 10 people get together and they each put in some money and try to get a loan that way? They can if they're on the loan. So let's oh, say you have, okay. you have, you know, two people, you have four people buying a property, but only two are going to be on the loan and two are just contributing money. Right. That's where it becomes a problem. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. And what kind of interest rate are you looking at there? Those ones today, well, today the rates have gotten worse over the last week, but you're probably looking at maybe four and an eighth, four and a quarter even today. Oh, wow. Pretty and good another still. thing just to keep in mind real quick on those interest rates. Yeah. You know, every time you hear on the radio the rates are the lowest they've ever been, you know, they, they do those no matter what the rates are actually doing physically. <laughs> I've seen it where right. the rates have gone up like a quarter of a point, and I get the, oh, the rates just went down again. It's like, really? So they're not always um, timely, FYI. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they're basically commercials yeah. that have been, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, recorded like months ago or something yep. like that. Yeah, they have nothing to do with reality. That's so funny. All right, uh, we have about one minute left. Uh, a parting thought for our audience regarding anything that you've talked about today, uh, maybe some advice for buying a house or uh, lead time uh, when they're looking for houses, uh, closing, like how long does closing takes? Give us a couple of little parting jibes, thoughts or something. Okay. Well, I would say when you're looking to, when you're looking to buy a house, give yourself a couple of months before you're ready to take a look and see the things you need to do. I have a lot of those in my book. That's a great place to actually find things. Make sure if you're getting cash or you're cashing checks, stop depositing that to your account. That can be a big red flag for lenders. Uh, Yeah, cash is not so good in in my business. Um, You you really want to check your credit. You know, I have a guy I just went to do a refinance for. He's, an, you know, everything paid on time sounds like you, except he had medical collections that showed up he knew nothing about. Uh-huh. So sometimes you don't know things that are on your credit. You want to check that a couple months before you're looking to buy. Um, and just understand that it's, it's a timely process. It is taking a little bit longer than normal right now because they're busy. I mean, they're just, they're just slammed. Yeah, so, what's a normal you know, uh, escrow right now? Well, for a purchase, I can do an escrow in 30 days. But for refinance, you're looking anywhere from 45, sometimes for 45 to 60 almost. They're, they're taking oh, okay. a little bit longer. So you have That's to be a little bad. bit patient. And just understand that you're, you're, whoever you end up using, they're going to ask for a lot of things. So be prepared for that. Make sure you understand, you know, I'm going to need a lot of things. I need to produce them. And, and don't be surprised when they ask you for one more thing. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, right. Don't be surprised. Yeah. Thank you so much, Linda Fleischman. Our time is out on Rock Talk. We will see you next week. Linda, you're awesome. Thank you, Greg. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Eddie.